stand in awe of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Do that which pleases you. Father, we thank you and we give you praise for this day. We thank you for being God over this nation and over this universe. We thank you for being the divine creator. You made us and everything that pertains to us. So God, you know what we need. And therefore we thank you for your provision. We thank you for touching these bodies, making them whole, complete, and lacking absolutely nothing. We thank you that we are the healed. We are delivered. And we are set free. We thank you, Lord. We thank you now, God, for expanding our understanding. God, we thank you because your word declares that Jesus is the truth. So God, we ask that truth be released in this place. That every lying spirit be bound. Everything that comes against your kingdom, God, we bind it now in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for a place where the word of God will have free course. And when your word is released, we thank you because there's power in our midst. So let the power of God rain down upon us as the blessings flow in this place. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel an unction today to come against the lies that have been circulated throughout the kingdom of God. And I believe that today is the day that your understanding will be enlightened. I want you to know that God is still in charge of everything that happens. But if you are not open to the truth, you will receive the lie. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to show you something today from Scripture. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 is where we've been for the last, I don't know how long we've been there, but we've been there for a while. And today I want to take you to two places, and then I want you just to expand your minds as we go through this today. I want you to be open to understand something. Uh, I know a lot of you uh, have had questions about why there are certain prophecies going forth in the church that are contradictory to what we understand. Today, I want to explain that. Amen. So uh, verse 32 of chapter four says this and be uh, kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. Then I want you to go with me to Mark chapter 11. Now, we normally call this the faith chapter. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 
Mark 11, 22, 23. Okay, let me get there. Mark 11. Uh, I wasn't going to read all these, but I guess I need to. <laughs> the Bible says in verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you have received them and you will have them. Now, here's the condition. Verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespass. But. Here it says, if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive you your trespass. Amen. 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 I want to talk to you on this subject this morning. Stop faking forgiveness. Stop faking forgiveness. Amen. One more time. Stop faking forgiveness. You can be seated. Now, I did tell you I would tell you the truth today. I didn't say it was going to be easy. <laughs> Amen. I read something that was so cute I had to read it. Well, it's not cute, but it's apropos. Let me read it to you. It says, an elderly man stopped by a pastor's office one day and asked if he would perform a wedding for him. He suggested, the pastor, uh, that he bring his future bride in so that they could chat together and get better acquainted. Before uh, she comes in, the man said, <laughs> let me explain this wedding to you. Both of us have been married before to each other. Over 30 years ago, we got into an argument. I got mad and we separated. Then we did a stupid thing and we got a divorce. I guess we were both too proud to apologize. Well, over these years, we've lived alone. And now we see how foolish we've been. Our bitterness has robbed us of the joys of life and now we want to remarry and see if the Lord won't give us a few years of happiness before we die. Sad situation. Now, bitterness and anger uh, usually are the result of some trivial argument that doesn't really matter in it anyway. Most of us, when we're arguing, we don't know why you're arguing. Amen. But this illustration shows us that you can get so bitter and so hard hearted that you don't know how to forgive. Now, y'all ain't listening to me. Uh, sometimes we just refuse to forgive. 
because we want to hold the person accountable. Amen. Bitterness in the heart makes us treat others the way Satan treats them. We act just like the devil. Amen. The Bible teaches us this, that when we should be treating them the way God has treated us, we have short memories and we forget what God has done in our life. And because we have a tendency to forget, we behave like we've never done anything wrong. Amen. So the Bible teaches us a lesson here in Mark chapter 11. Now, in Mark chapter 11, you know the story, but I'm going to try to help you with it. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus uh, uh, had been traveling and he encountered uh, a fig tree. It was early in the morning and he wanted some breakfast. Amen. So the, the story goes that that in uh, verse 12, the Bible says, now the next day when he had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Amen. And seeing uh, from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. But when he came, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. The Bible says, in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So here's the story. Jesus approaches this tree expecting to get some kind of sustenance. When he finds the tree had leaves, he was expecting to find some fruit. When he found none, the Bible teaches us that he was concerned about that. Now, I want you to get your sanctified minds ready to be expanded. This fig tree represents the church of Israel, but more appropriately, the evangelical church in America today. It has leaves. It has the appearance of having productivity. It looks like it ought to be able to nourish you, but it comes short. It bothers Jesus when a church that's supposed to be teaching the living God, the gospel of the living God, teaches something else. He does not want that lesson to be expanded. Y'all still with me? He says, nobody is going to be fooled by you again. Are, are, are you opening your minds this morning? Bible goes on to say this, that if you fool my people, I have to remove you so that my people can receive knowledge. You know, Hosea 4 and 6 says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But you know what it says in verse 9? It says that it's like people, like priests. If the leaders teach wrong, then the people learn wrong. And when people learn wrong, it's hard to find what's right. Amen. So the Bible says here that this church falls short of its purpose because it has activity. These people think they hear from God, but the message lacks power to produce a result. That sounding like anything. Now, you know I have to be politically correct. 
So I'm trying, as folks say, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. I'm, try <laughs> I'm trying to get you to go with me without me having to go there. Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Bible says that uh, these people look righteous and godly on the outside, but on the inside they were corrupt. Their lack of fruit means that they were barren, and no fruit means that they had no relationship with God. Uh, can I tell you that uh, there's a problem when you are trying to have ritual without relationship? It does not work. Amen. And, and we have a tendency to know how to do stuff, but not the stuff that God has called us to do. And that makes us stuffy. <laughs> so the, the next day, the Bible says, now we skip something here. You notice we skip quite a bit. We didn't go through the cleansing of the temple. But verse 20 says the next day. So Jesus had a busy day after he cursed that tree. Here's what he said in verse 20. Now, in the morning, as they pass by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Amen. Y'all with me? So uh, uh, when asked about it, here's what he said in verse 22. Jesus answered and said, have faith in God. Now, I want you to put these things together. He spoke to the tree. The Bible says the tree with it from root to leaf. That means from the bottom to the top, the tree had no life. There's some rottenness in the church that has been going on for a long, long time. Can I talk for just a moment that some of y'all are going to be upset? I, I say we're going to tell the truth, so we're going to tell the truth. We have lived in a nation where people have decided that it's wrong to kill innocent children, but it's okay to kill innocent old people. So we'll say we won't wear a mask because we don't care if grandpa dies. But we'll fight to death to make sure no child dies. Now, there's something convoluted when you can rank death. And you you have decided that you have the power to decide who lives. <laughs> Y'all ain't mad yet, are you? <laughs> so here we see that when the church starts to teach a lie, then it's hard for them to come back and teach the truth. So Jesus said, listen, listen, listen. He said, I don't want this kind of teaching in my church. So nobody's going to eat from you again. But he said, you need to have faith in God, not in man. Amen. Now, what are, why, why are we saying this? Look at what verse 22 says. It had faith in God. Now, here's the problem. Can y'all just think about the Old West? Y'all like cowboy shows? You know back in the Old West how when uh, the, the cattle ranchers had uh, people that were poaching their stock and, and they couldn't stop them, so they hired a gunslinger to come in and, and he would go in and and, and kill them all and get rid of them. And, and you know, then you, you'd be able to take your cattle to market. 
Well, the church hired a gunslinger. We're going to call him uh, 45. They hired a gunslinger, and he was supposed to make sure that the cattle ranchers were able to get their cattle to the market. All right? Problem is that in most cowboy movies that you see, if you hire a gunslinger, you find that you lose control of them. So you hire somebody to keep the people away that you don't like. You know, murderers, rapists, and... I suppose some of them are fine people. Uh, but if this sounds like anything you've heard before, at any, at any rate, you lose control. And this is what happens. The reason you lose control is because you start as uh, uh, as as the, the, the church, you start to pray wrong. This is what he says here. Y'all still with me? <laughs> he says this. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, what's the mountain? We call it an obstacle. If there's a problem, I need to get, get rid of this problem. I don't hire a gunslinger. I go to God. You understand? I don't turn to man to solve my problem. Here's what he says. He says, if you say to your problem, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Doubt what? That he believes what God says. Have faith in God. Are y'all still with me? He says that those things he says will be done. You can't change what was being said. If God said it, you can't add something to it or modify it to make it work in your situation. Amen. So he says in verse 24, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you say when you pray. All right. Now we know that in this nation and we're not talking about the world now, we're talking about in this nation, we know that there were uh, about 70 some million people who were praying the opposite of what you were praying. Y'all understand that? Okay, so the Bible says, uh, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you have received them and you will have them. Suppose I'm praying one thing and somebody else is praying another. Now the Bible teaches us that what we pray has got to be the word of God. Yup. You can't just pray anything that you want. Now, when you have a dry church and there's no word from the Lord, then you start to pray the situation. Y'all still with me? But the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter one and verse three that we, the church, have already been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So what I'm doing is I'm not trying to create a new blessing. Y'all ain't listening to me. I'm trying to release the one that I already have. Amen. 
Now there's something about hiring this gunsling. I'm back to the story. You must have the person with a certain character in order to do the job that you want done. If you want to take things that don't rightfully belong to people, you need a person that's ruthless. If you want to keep people in bondage, you need somebody who's ruthless. If you want to abuse people, kill people, you need somebody who's ruthless. Hmm? So you find the character of the gunslinger. He says, I don't want these people in my country. He says, we're going to build a wall and. Yeah, go ahead. You know what it is. And Mexico. <laughs> Y'all sure you want to hear all this? So the Bible says that if we're praying wrong, we're going to get this gunslinger to believe what he's praying, what we're praying. He, we get to believe it. Now, in 1925, Joseph Goebel wrote a book called Mein Kampf. It is the Nazi propaganda manual. He said this, if you tell people a lie, often enough, they will soon believe the lie. He said, make the lie grandiose. The bigger the lie is, the better. Because they may not believe the whole lie, but they may believe a portion of the lie. And by telling the lie often enough, some people will say, well, it must be true because I've heard that before. Anybody know what I'm talking about? John Kennedy. Y'all remember him? John Kennedy said this in 1962. There is nothing in the record of the past two years when both houses of Congress have been controlled by the Republican Party which can lead any person to believe that those promises will be fulfilled in the future. They follow the Hitler line, no matter how big the lie, repeated often enough, and the masses were regarded as true. Y'all still with me? If you hear a lie often enough, you will have that spirit of delusion that comes upon you. Go to 2 Thessalonians for just a moment. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2. How much time? Well, I'm doing good. <clears throat> Here's what it says in verse 9. It said, the coming of the lawless one. I wonder who that could be. Understand something. When the Bible talks about the lawless one, it's not talking about the devil. It's talking about his representative. Y'all still with me? The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs and what? Lying wonders. Gets better. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, 
because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now, the Bible says this in verse 11. Remember this. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Y'all still with me? Second Peter. Why am I taking so much time with this? Because when, when, you, when you repeat it, when you talk to your friends and they talk, tell you what your, your pastor's crazy, <laughs> I want you to make sure that you have some scriptures. Not that you just quote them now. I need you to understand it. Amen? What did I tell you? Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1. Now, the Bible says that this is written to, look at verse 1, it says, uh, verse two says uh, to one, I'm sorry, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us. You all with me there? Now, the Bible says have received faith like ours. Now, in chapter two of second Peter, it says this. But there were also false prophets among the people. Y'all with me? Even as there will be false teachers among you who secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. Here it is, verse two. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. There are people who set up a belief. Then they continue to modify what they believe. Then they continue to espouse those beliefs, beliefs until you were able to receive them. So while you are looking over here, they're getting you over here. So today, this is why America is so divided, because they have heard from some of the greatest religious figures in the world that this lying, cheating gunslinger is right for a righteous nation. I was getting quiet now. So now the church has to make a decision. Now, when we started this, I told you that we were in Ephesians chapter four. So Paul had written a letter to the church at Ephesus. Go to Revelations. Chapter two. Let's see what the Lord said about the church at Ephesus. Y'all interested? Revelation chapter two to the angel of the church of Ephesus. Right. These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. Here's what here's what he said. 
The Lord himself walks amongst the churches and he knows his pastors. Y'all still with me? He says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they're apostle, apostles and are not and have found them liars. So the church is Ephesus had the uh, distinct pleasure of being able to, de to determine when a person was lying to him. So when somebody tells you that a righteous person is, I can't, I can't, I can't use any of the adjectives to, to describe him without calling his name. If the person is a liar, if the person is racist, if the person has uh, evil tendencies toward another group of people, the Bible says that the church has the ability to zero in and say, no, no, no. <laughs> now, I notice that half my congregation is quiet. He says this, he goes on to say this, he says, and you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. He goes on to say this, nevertheless, this I have against you, you have left your first love. Oh, Lord have mercy. Everybody in the house remembers their first love. Hmm? Because you remember the passion. See, some people believe that as love grows old, it grows cold. And that's not true. Oh, oh I wish I could come down and talk to y'all. Let me tell you something. There's nothing in the Bible that says old love is cold love. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Jeremiah said it this way. His mercies are new. But in case you want to know how love gets cold, let's go to Matthew chapter 24. Just to keep your fingers in Revelation. We're coming back. <laughs> Now, I mean, uh, Matthew chapter 24 tells us that cold love is the result of sin. What you say, preacher? I said cold love is the result of sin. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 24. It says, verse 10, and many will be offended. We're right back to where we started on and will betray one another. They will defect from the church and hate one another, then many false prophets, here we go, does this sound familiar? False prophets will rise up and deceive many. The Bible says, and because of what lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Now watch this. 
The Bible says that your love cools off because of the lawless one. Your love cools off because of the lawless one. When you get the gunslinger on the payroll, then he starts to call the shots and you start to follow. So now he tells you what to do and you do it. That's why even in 2020, you can have an election and lose the election and never concede the election and tell people that you won. And those people who are deluded will believe. Verse 13, thank God for it. it, says, but he who endures till the end will be saved. Now, here's what here's what John said. Uh, Jesus said to John here in Revelation. Now we're back to Revelation. He said that the reason that he had a problem with the church at Ephesus is because they had left their first love. That means that the church, listen to me, the church began to do things out of ritual without having a relationship with Jesus. They did it because it was prudent. They did it because it was expedient. They did it because they thought it was necessary, but they did not discern the purpose of God. So they did what man wanted rather than what God wanted. When you develop a habit of doing your thing versus God's thing, you will start to believe that your thing is the right thing because you were going back to Mark 11. You will not have faith in God. You will have faith in faith and you will have faith in feeling. You believe because it makes me feel good. It's right. Y'all still here. So the Bible says that they left their first love. And like we say, you know, uh, uh, your first love, the difference between your first love and 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 and, and where some of y'all might be now. You still doing the same stuff, but you ain't having much fun at it. Oh, I can't talk about this in church. I can't, I can't, I can't. It ain't, it ain't us here. It's just all the other people out there listening. <laughs> but the difference between cold love and first love is that the first love was uh, inspired by your love for Christ. Your first love. See, now, now, now some of you, listen now, and, and y'all pardon, I'm, I'm trying to, to do, some of you think that your first love was your first lust. I'm talking about your first love. When you fell in love with Jesus, even if you were already married, it was different. That was your first love. You never forget that. You never forget that. Bible says this, tells husband to rejoice 
and the wife of your youth. Huh? You have to remember that. Why? So that you don't get into a routine. So the Bible says, watch this now. I love this. He says, verse five, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. And repent. See, y'all. Can I talk to your married people for a moment? Wonder how many of y'all still say good morning when you wake up. I'm a, I'm a leader. <laughs> Look, and, and, and I got a whole lot of time too. So, <laughs> but sometimes you get scared. They be telling, all right, Pastor, you're meddling now. You ain't got nothing to do with this. I, I'm just writing it. He said, remember from where you were falling. You all remember when you really fell in love? I mean, when you really fell in love? Hmm? You remember that look when you saw him or her? Huh? What was going through your head and you... You already planning 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Huh? Everybody talking about, yeah, I need to buy a ring. No, you be thinking, I got to buy a house, I need to buy a car. <laughs> he, said, he said, look, he said, repent. Watch this. Please get this. And do the first works. Now, you know, at this point in time, I always say the same thing. First things first. Mark 11 says you can't pray right until you learn how to play right. I didn't say pray right. I said play right. I'm dressing it up here, boy. <laughs> First words. We have a tendency to think that because we've been doing it this way forever. One of the things that we've learned in 2020, one of the things we've learned in 2020 is we don't have to do church the way we used to. We, we had a habit. We said this. You got to do this. You got to do that. We have to do it this way. And because. Uh, if you don't, you know, the Lord won't come. Amen. And we found that he still shows up. Yeah. See, because an issue of the heart is not about what we do. It's about what he does through us. If we are willing vessels, he'll show up every single time. He said this, he says, uh, or else he says, I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from, it pla from its place unless you repent. Now, if you have love without joy, the Bible says that Jesus will come 
and take the light out of the church. When we start to do things as a matter of performance, not about purpose, the Bible says he'll take away the light. When we try to love without relationship, he will take away the light. Are y'all understanding this? We have a tendency to think that we can go through the motions. We can have what's the message about fake forgiveness. And we can have power in the church. And the Bible says that will no longer work. That's why you see what's going on in the nation and in the world. People have risen up and they said, no more. You can't just. Mm. I don't know how to say this nicely. Can't tinkle on my leg and tell me it's raining. tell you something. <laughs> no, 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 seriously, seriously. The Bible teaches us that young lovers, they like to explore. See, they just don't settle. See, but when your love grows cold, it's just same old, same old. Cold love. Y'all still with me? Ah. So remember how it used to be when you were excited about Jesus. Huh? That attitude about your. Listen, I remember when we first started this ministry. I'm telling you, uh, uh, there were people who were on fire for the Lord. And I have people every now and then to tell me that, that they remember. Even people who are not here anymore, they say, I remember. I've been a lot of places and I've never had church like we had at Dayspring. And some of them are in other churches. <laughs> remember the story I read to you at the beginning? There's some folk that need to go back to their wife. I didn't say that. <laughs> Bible says that we need, listen, we need to remember the priority of relationship over performance. And repent and depart. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this, this right here. Going back to what I told you in Mark 11. He said this. He says, if you forgive, then I'll forgive. Now, there's another part to that. See, faith always must have an object. Faith must always have an object. So the Bible says that we have to 
the object of our faith must be God. He says, have faith in God. So let's say that I have a contract with the city of New Bern to provide electricity. I have paid my deposit and they have hooked me up. But I go home and the house is dark. We have entered into a contract, covenant. We've each agreed to do certain things. I've been faithful. They've been faithful. And I have believed. But I didn't flip the switch. There's nothing wrong with the light company. And there was nothing wrong with my money in my contract. But I didn't exercise my faith. See, this is where we are. We're at a stalemate. That's why I'm telling you this message is so important to you. See, if you're trying to choose up sides, it means you're on the wrong side. What are you trying to say, Pastor? You're saved. You have the spirit of the living God. You know what the Lord says. The Bible says that, listen, listen now, because you'll read this. You'll read this. If you uh, listen to some preachers tell you about what prophecy says, they'll say that 45 is God's king. God doesn't have. We only have one king. He's king of kings and lord of lords. So how are you confused? Because you, you choose to flip the truth. You don't want to hear the truth. The Bible says that the, the people who are evil like darkness because their deeds are evil. If you choose to live in darkness, you can. But you can turn on the light. Huh? You can turn it on. Can I go one step further? 47 seconds. I'm going to do this real fast. Verse six says, look, he says, but this you have that I hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. All right. What's he talking about? I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you what he's talking. He said these Nicolo Nicolaitans, Nickelodeons, <laughs> Nicolaitans. <laughs> I heard that from somebody. See, I, <laughs> these Nicolaitans, <laughs> these Nicolaitans. Nicolaitans were false prophets from the era of Balaam. These are the people who believe that, that, that the church could be seduced by immorality. These are the people who took the, uh, the people of God, the, the men of the church, and, and got uh, loose women to seduce them into immorality so that they could weaken the church. God says, I hate that. Are you reading? Are you reading? You see how many leaders are falling in the church? Y'all, are y'all reading? Are you, huh? What? He says, I hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. 
And that term Nicolaitans, uh, it, it comes from the term laity. I forgot the Greek word, but it means laity. So leaders have, 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 have taught people in church to be immoral and be all right. So we see church now is weak. So they can believe any lie. If you believe one, y'all understand that? Because we keep hearing the same lie. It's all right. It don't take all that. Well, I'm still saved. So what do I do about this, Pastor? I heard what you said. I'm still confused. Go back to Mark 11 one more time. I'm going to close. I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm closing. I honestly am. Bless the Lord. Mark 11:25 says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespass. So what he's saying here, and this is the closing, he said that faith, prayer, love, and forgiveness are all tied together. You must have faith in God. That faith should lead you to pray according to his word. And if you are standing praying, you have to love your brother the same way you love God. Love must be horizontal and vertical. The Bible says that we have to forgive. And when you forgive, it sets you up for prayer. And when you pray, you learn how to love because you have forgiven. Why? Because he who loves much forgives much. And it starts a circle that keeps you going continuously. If you take away the faith, if you take away the prayer, if you take away love and you take away forgiveness, if either one is missing, you are not complete in Christ. And because you're not complete, you have no power. There's something missing. There's something lacking in your life. So you have to be able to constantly flow in all these areas, all the time, there must be a simultaneous moving in the spirit of God. Love, the Bible says in Galatians 5 and 6, that faith works by love. So if I have faith, it means I do have love. And I know that because God loved me so much, Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I heard it. I believed it. I believed it. I love the one who said he saved me. So he forgave me, therefore I forgive you, and therefore I'm praying now, watch this, for the obstacles in my life to be removed. And I have a right to receive the removal of those obstacles. Will you stand with me as we close this out? Hallelujah. Cohen, can you, uh, can you hook me up here? Now, y'all know I'm old school. I love what we do. Uh, 
in, 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 in contemporary praise and worship. But I'm old school. I like the old stuff. All right. And back in the day, we used to sing a song in praise and worship. And uh, that 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 song menaces just what I'm telling you. See, if your life is somewhere other than in Christ. You got some issues. And, you know, I like the way they say it in, in, in the ethnic church. And the issue is you. So, so, so what I'm saying, <laughs> before we pray, I want, I want him to, to do this song for us. Uh, my life is in you. Y'all remember that song? My life is in you. I want you to move in that direction. I want your life to be hidden in Christ. If your life is hidden in Christ, then you will be able, the Bible says, to grow up into all things into the head. In other words, if we are the body of Christ, he's coming back for a chaste virgin. We as the church have got to purify ourselves so that we will be acceptable. Listen to me before they sing. Let me tell you this. You cannot, you cannot put your faith in a president. I don't care which one he is. Your faith is in God. Amen. Bible says, listen, that God raises up one, brings down the one and takes up another. And this is what God has the power to do. Stop believing that this is right or that's wrong. No, God is always right. Amen. Come on. My life is in you, Lord, my Hallelujah. 